everybody and welcome to this month's Little Rock Games Game of the Month podcast for September where we played Pyre which is a game that came out I believe last year by Supergiant Games. Um, they developed and published it and essentially what it is is it's a little bit of a hybrid between a visual novel and a sports game which is really exciting to me. <laughs> um, and so yeah, half of the game you're interacting with these characters and building up relationships with them. The other half you're trying to complete these uh, sports matches called rights in order to earn their freedom from this sort of purgatory that they live in. Um, so I'm Olivia. I'm Robbie. I'm Joe. I'm Brad. And I'm Tanner. And we are going to spend some time talking about this game. Yes. So let's get started. Thoughts? I guess, did, did we all finish the game? For the listeners at home, raise your hand if you finished the game. There we go. We'll wait. Yeah. Um, I did not finish the game. I did not. I specifically told you guys to finish the game. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I am ashamed. I finished half the game. God, you guys are <clears throat> awful. I I sent someone home. <sighs> all should right. We, should we start with... I <laughs> go back and finish the game, and then we can do the podcast. I tried so hard. I did. Oh. I, I tried medium hard. i let's talk about maybe why we didn't finish the game sure um and then talk about why we would need to finish the game so before we go too far we should do the thing we always forget to do we should explain mechanics more in depth what the game is that's right i feel like you did a nice job though of summarizing briefly briefly um so, I mean, I guess the theme is really important to the game, actually. Um, it's this sort of fantasy world, and you start off, and you're in this land called the Downside. Um, and there's people there who've been banished there, and you find that you, you're one of the few people that knows how to read. And so you're tasked with being the person to read this book that tells people how to participate in these things called the rights, which is how they can earn their freedom to get back to where they came from before, which was this place called the Commonwealth. Um, and so you join like this caravan of people, you pick up all these cool characters, um, you play the rights with them. Um, and the rights are this sort of 2.5D sports game um, where you control three people yes. at once. And so, you have to pass the ball between them and manage um, these auras that they have um, to where if you, you, get, you get hit by the enemy's aura, your character gets knocked out. Um, and or, it's yeah. easy to talk a really long time about the rules of a yeah, sports yeah. game, so I'm not going to talk about it. It's, it's a little bit like Lucio Ball. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> or like three-player magic basketball. Like, yeah, three-player magic. You, basketball. you pick up an orb, you pass it, and you got to get it to the other person's. Yeah, um, yeah. and the whole the whole story element behind it is that you essentially there's people putting you on these trials to see who is worthy of their freedom, and so the people who do the best in the rights get uh, earn their freedom. And so you go on all these cycles of going on your caravan, talking to characters, performing rites, going to a very keep rite where you have you get the chance to free somebody, and then it starts over again. And that continues for a while for over the course of the game. But some of the really unique things that it does is it's so focused on the storytelling above the mechanics of the game that, and this is one of the reasons I chose it, is because it's really unique in this type of game that it doesn't matter if you win or lose, the game keeps going. Um, and it's relevant to the story. And I feel like that really does some really interesting things in terms of narrative. Um, yes. 
So that's the gist of it. Right. It is interesting that it feels, it, you know, it's a, it's a gorgeous game and there are tons and tons of things to love about it, but it does feel, it felt to me like two, really like two games. Yeah. And so that was interesting. Like, I would have been happy to not do the rights at all. I also would have been happy to just play the rights over and over and over again. Um, and so for me, some of the challenge of the game was working out the uneasy relationship between the two and the kind of, I never knew when a right was going to happen in some ways. Like, we're sort of, you're, you're supposed to travel to these specific star locations where you, essentially, you know the right's going to come. But the the kind of accordion nature of the narrative is such that Sometimes there would be almost no narrative in between two rights. And then other times there could be like 25 minutes of me kind of talking to different people. And so, so that was an interesting experience because I, I kind of never quite knew when I would be thrown into the pit again to, to do it. I, I felt like I was in between the rights. I felt like I was missing stuff, like I needed to be doing something that I wasn't doing. But the story just keeps pushing you along. Um, and there's only so many choices. And once you've made, it's a very, very limited tree of, of choices and directions that you can go. Um, and once you've made one of those choices, then you're just on to the next thing. So I'm going to pause right there. Yes. Because I feel like if you'd played more of the game, you would have seen <laughs> where the divergence happened. Well, I, I get because... that there are divergence in that. But um, I still felt like... Um, Apart from a few things where you were managing the characters and things like that, uh, managing their equipment and managing which skills they got and things like that to, to, to make them better at the, the game part, um, I felt like the linearity of it was... Uh, I felt like I was just on, along for the ride for that story. Mm -hmm. and, and between that, I was playing, uh, I was playing the weird ball game. So I feel like the core of what makes this game interesting, and I feel like you guys are making like, fun of me right no, now. No, no, I just no. like the way you were like, yes, but here's what but, I want to tell you. Right. Um, yeah, because what's really interesting about it is that the way that the story evolves is based on who is free, Yeah. right? And so once people start earning their freedom is when all the really interesting, like, mechanical and narrative choices come into the game that I've never seen in another game before. Because even things like the sequence of who gets their freedom, and not even your team, right? Like, so there is, like, I mean, they're effectively harpies, right? There's this race of, like, winged yes, women. Right. Um, at least That's you never see any male characters. Pam Tamitha comes from Pamitha and, and her Tabitha, sister Tamitha. Tamitha, right. Tamitha and Tamitha. Um, so uh, at the end, there's, like, essentially a revolution. That's, yeah. I guess, if you do it well. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's what you're if not. Everyone stays the same forever. Probably that's what you're working towards, though, right? And uh, there's this other sort of enemy faction of these harpies that have been at odds with the Commonwealth for like eons. And if you free them in the wrong order, it's a bloodbath. Like they come and attack during the revolution and like mm -hmm. kill everybody. Um, so if you lose the game to her sister, which she loses on purpose, mm -hmm. the 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 harpy on your team. Amatha throws the game. She throws the game, yeah. Um, so she tries to make you lose and then tells you afterwards that she did that because she has, like, a blood debt to her sister. Um, so, like, even just these two characters, like, the sequence of them, whether or not they escape and the sequence in which they escape uh, changes the, the ending and, like, the mm -hmm. context of that in interesting ways. And, and what I loved about that was that in a strange way, are they going yeah. to still be on my side afterwards? Um, do they just deserve it the most because they've been here the longest? And also, which character am, am I the best at playing? And who do I want to keep down here so right. I can keep mm -hmm. using them? 
So you have to balance all these decisions and they talk about all those in the narrative in a really interesting way. Yeah, and I, I experienced some of that. Um, I also, uh, I love the, the idea, right, that the mechanics start to unravel in the second half. And so I got a little taste of that as well, that people start cheating mm-hmm. and people like, so there are all the, I, absolutely there are all these really fascinating ways that that's happening. What, what, what was curious to me was that I, there were, there were places where I thought I had control over things for a long time, but then later I realized I really didn't. So like for the longest time, I thought I was picking one star out of a multitude of choices. And then finally I was like, wait, is there just the one star that I can go to? And so I was like, finally, I took the time to like scan the entire skies. And I'm like, oh, wait, there is just, yeah. yeah. And but so, then once you do the first couple of rights, they open up more options. And, yeah. yeah, but so that was interesting too, because there's like always one star that's like this gigantic, really, but for some reason forever, I thought, oh, but that's just the one I happen to be picking. But then I realized that, no, in fact, I had to kind of move mm-hmm. more sequentially. So spoilers for anyone that hasn't read harry potter (laughs) but your explanation of the story makes me feel like this uh let's say i was reading the first harry potter book and i got i guess a chapter and a half in and i was like this is just some boy that's abused by his adoptive family this is dumb and then i stopped reading (laughs) they're like the i played far enough to feel like I really enjoy the sports game and this story is dragging on. And it's, it's interesting that there appears to be some sort of rivalry between some of these other teams and stuff, but it didn't hold me enough. And I was like, well, I just really like the sports game. So I just played the practice mode like over and over because I, that, that's what I enjoyed. And I didn't like, it's not that I, it's not that the story wasn't compelling. It was, but what I really wanted to do was play that sports game because it's super super fun and i was so bad at it i was like i need to i need, just mm-hmm. need to get better i was kind of the same way but the flip of that i was horrible at the game and it stressed me out and i I've, after i finished one of the rights i felt really tense and i would stop and go play banished and, <laughs> but I, I would get through a right and I, I i really i felt uh just you know just tense uh like I, I didn't know what I was doing. I was not very good at it. And even after I, you know, I tried to practice several times and get better at the button switching thing. And I even switched my button configuration to try to make it a little, a little easier. And I couldn't get the ball thing where I wanted it. And I thought that I was just all these little things like that. So I just, it stressed me out. And, but the story, I wanted to follow along with the story, but I felt that it was. I didn't. I didn't like the idea that I was uh, driven towards this event. You do the event the right, and then you you're driven towards another with a little bit of interstitial stuff in between. I liked the story. I loved the art. Uh, of course, this studio, their whole uh, all of their art stuff is just absolutely amazing. Um, but the the linearity of the story didn't keep me long enough to keep going through all of the rights this is kind of an so instance where i i wish that we had talked about it but so i guess for the listener we try not to talk about these games uh throughout the month that we're playing it like we might say how excited we are or like a, like a few sentences here and there but we don't really talk about it until here so you're getting our, our first <laughs> uh conversation about it 
Um, but now I kind of wish that I did because uh, what I thought, I thought it was just, okay, so it's like a choose your own adventure. Like I can make these choices and it kind of affects things and it gives me an amulet or it gives me a bonus to stats. Great. I just want to play this game. Like I had no idea that again, that like Harry was going to get a wand and he was going to make new friends <laughs> and it was going to move on away from London entirely. Like that none of that seemed uh, like it was going to happen. Like, and I, I think I got, um, uh, how far did I get? Um, ap- it was after you got the, the practice orb. Um, did you do the first liberation, right? No. I didn't even know. I, I thought that that, I thought it, what it seemed to be signaling to me was at the end of the game is when people get freed. Yeah. It does. So that's another thing I wanted to okay. talk about. Actually, because this game does some really interesting things in that there's a lot of bait and switches in the narrative. Like yeah. a lot, a lot yeah. of them. Um, but it's, I feel like it was flavorful enough and I was so invested in just the narrative that yeah. I didn't mind that the mechanically, like they were lying to me. Yeah. Like they blatantly lie to you all the time. Mm-hmm. They tell you that when you get here, you're all going to get free. And then yeah. you get there, and you find <laughs> yeah. out that one person yeah. gets free. Yeah. And you have to um, pick that person. You have to choose. Yeah. And it can only be one of your three best players. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you haven't been building other characters up, they don't even have the chance to be free. Yeah. So, uh, yet. But there's seven of those chances yeah. that you get. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you lose, they don't get free. Yeah. Um, and that builds some really interesting narrative stakes. But then after you do the first two of the liberation rites, you find out, oh, yeah, there's, there's only so many of those chances yeah. that you get. And then... Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's one really misleading thing is that first liberation right to get there is like the first third of the game. Mm-hmm. And then you do the next six and then like the climax of the game, which is like a super liberation right sort of, uh, that's the, like goes much quicker. Essentially, the, yeah. like, the practice matches in between get... Progressively you shorter. You do fewer and fewer in between the uh, liberation rites. I so see. eventually, by like the last round, you you just do like one practice right, and then you go straight to liberation. Oh, okay, uh, cool. So yeah. they're sort of back gotcha. to back. But I did a I did a bit of skimming on yeah. the, online just so I would have a feel for how, what what had happened later. Because also, there's like other characters that come in really late yeah. into the game that you get to play on your team. Right, because doesn't the um, snail? Eventually, the, the sales guy. Oh, that's no, cool. he, oh, he no, doesn't. No. <laughs> but he goes into the epilogue. I learned that. He does that go he into the epilogue. He shows up in the epilogue. Yeah. Um, but I, I have to say, I mean, in terms of the sort of aesthetic engagement, for me, that was extremely high. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm simultaneously playing this and uh, Lady Killer in a Bind, which is <laughs> another, let's call that also a visual novel. Um, and... You know, and I'm also I'm actually very engaged with the characters in that in that as well. But I I found and Brad briefly mentioned the art. I I would argue of all the games I've played in the last three years or so, this has the most engaging and interesting art style I've I've seen. I mean I I loved it so much, and I loved the way that the characters were expressed. I was a little sad that there wasn't um, voice acting. There is. It's fully voiced in a gibberish language. Right. Yeah. But they all have their own voice actors. Okay. But, but they all have their own That's voice fine. actors, and they're consistent with what they sounds are. go to which yes. words, too. That's fine. Yeah. I um, gotcha. I had a consistent problem because once you learn that little, is it Tizo? The little, uh, yeah. So 
I kept forgetting that I was supposed to mouse over his language. (laughs) And so I, because I'm like cruising through and I'm hitting the space bar and I'm like, oh, right, I probably should have read what he just said. But I was already too late because I had, I had passed it. Yeah, Tizo's making his little chattering noise. Yeah, the only good thing was that they often did the kind of R2D2 Chewbacca thing where the next person who talked was like, oh, Tizo just said that (laughs) he's happy about what's going on. And I'm like, oh, thanks. See, let's talk about the aesthetics a little bit. So it's this beautiful, bright, highly saturated color palette yeah um almost like a like a hand illustrated it's it's like mostly like static backgrounds Mm -hmm. um but they're just like beautiful like all these different areas but actually super i mean yes but but super dynamic right yes i mean i was like i couldn't believe i spent a little while just looking at a single panel Mm -hmm. and just looking at all of the elements that were animated and it it creates so much life yeah. In the kind of like even little tiny stuff, like there's a lantern that hangs off the side and it just kind of swings a little bit back and forth. And in and, and your character's wagon that changes oh, over the course yeah, of the, the game. Oh, yeah, the wagon you, ship. You get little collectibles. Yep. And, yeah. Eventually it becomes a flying wagon. So you get to yeah, have yeah. See, I, I, wanted, I wanted more of that. I wanted to be able to, to play with the wagon movement and, um, I wanted to be able to to get into that yeah. world ra- ra- rather than just watch it go by. Yeah, but I, I would say that just to finish up about the art, um, it has a lot of resemblances to a kind of much more heavily saturated. Uh, so, uh, what's it? The Banner Saga, yeah. right? So Banner Saga mm-hmm. is probably the most Definitely recent influenced. game that has the same or a similar sort of style. But it also reminded me of Don Bluth yep. and some of the and like. Uh, Dragons, the game Dragon's Lair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that kind of, um, sure. but it, but even sharper, right? Because I think they're mixing hand-drawn animation with 3D, and so they can get those really crisp lines mm-hmm. al- around the animations. Because the characters in the rights are 3D models. But yeah. They're, but they're sort of animated in such a way that they fit in with the yeah. 3D background really nicely. Right. And I think that the wagon probably also is a, is modeled. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. And there's a little particle system that makes the smoke, but but. I actually that wagon was so enjoyable just yeah, yeah. as it its movement and the kind of almost anthropomorphized way character. Yeah, well, as it, it is, kind of it actually there's a character who makes friends with the wagon. Yes, that's right. <laughs> uh, uh, the stowaway, let's call her. Faye, 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 yeah, Faye, 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 yeah. Faye, who's my Faye. favorite character? Wait, I what did everyone her. name her? Yeah, yeah. Faye. I named her. Faye. I named her Faye. Faye. You did? Are you serious? Yeah, my all of you did. Yeah. My first playthrough was Jay. My second playthrough was Ray. Uh-huh. I did. I played through the game twice. You guys. I know, wow. and I'm aware that you became a true Nightwing in your second Second, difficult. Yeah, second time was great. the hardest. Thing. Yes, talk which about means that, that I'm never going to play you. Heads I, up I respect you so much for being able to do that. <laughs> I played half. Sh- I am literally. I only lost myself. one liberation right in the hardest. I lost wow. all of my uh, orb liberation right or my orb rights. I lost every single one. You know when you go inside the orb and you challenge yeah. single player? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I lost oh, everyone. Wow. Yeah, I mean, Every... You can replay them. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. Yeah. I was so close, too. This is the thing I will say, like, in terms of the kind of te- narrative tension of the game itself, right, of the, of the rights, is that I definitely, there was a lot of tension for me in playing those out, especially the orb ones, because I was getting beaten so much more badly. Mm. Um and I, the one I almost won was with uh, Joe Dariel. So I, I had like, I was like this close to my final pyre with her to get her whatever orb benefit she was going to get. And she got, she got, you know, banished. 
and then the other player won. And I was like, she was my toughest uh, one to play because she's so, she's so slow. slow. Yeah, yeah, but she works really well as a bulwark. I and mean, we yeah. don't have to get into the mechanics right now necessarily, but but I found that two super fast characters with her was a really good combination because yeah. you can sort of leave her in the background, and if you ever get they ever get too close, you can always bounce back to her. But I played her a lot with um, with Rookie and uh, Sir yep. Wormalot. <laughs> <laughs> the two of them because they're so quick. Yeah, and uh, and I gave them as many quick boosters as I could to just get them like. And so against most opponents that you could like, you could just alternately banish Rookie and Sir Gilbert, um, and just essentially keep Jodariel back at the at the, post. the guard. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I feel like we could spend this whole thing talking about different strategies yeah. of how to play this game. Uh, well, it was. So, sure, you, go ahead. You you go. Ahead. So what was everybody's control scheme? How did everybody control the rights? Mouse and keyboard, whatever the default yeah. controls were for me. I started default, and then it. I just, yeah, it, I couldn't get my head around it as much, on, so I switched to WASD. Did you play it on console or PC? Because it is PC. on consoles. Okay. And I, uh, at first I just figured, well, this is, I mean, I, I guess you guys played it on it, so I guess maybe maybe it is the best control scheme for it. But I, when I initially played it, I thought this is way too hard and it feels like it's being hard on purpose but i figured they must know what they're doing so i'll just suffer through it for a while and that's why i ended up i mean but i the, the game itself was really interesting uh, or at least the I, I say the game itself the whole thing is the game but to me <laughs> to me the the sports game the right sport that's the actual game and the rest of it was just sort of there like it to me, I felt like it's it's what I have to suffer through to get to the rights, and that's why I ended up just playing the practice orb all the time. But um, event, and so I kept playing it just to get better at it, and I did get better, but I never felt good about the controls. And mm -hmm. so it wasn't until after I was done playing and I did research that I realized you could even change the controls. And 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 I I figured if you could change the controls, it was just going to be, um, it wasn't going to be a fundamental change. But apparently you can change to WASD instead of using the mouse to, mm -hmm. to navigate. And I wish they had told me that at the very beginning. Because that's far more intuitive for me. I figured that or about halfway been. through. And it was, yeah. it was much much more intuitive yeah. uh, to, to do this around. I, when, I'm, when I was, this is one of the things that stressed me out. Is that when I was in the moment of playing and moving and trying to control all these. I could, I could, because <laughs> I'm terrible at these. I could only remember one or two of the, the the moves that you can do, like either shooting yeah. your shooting yeah. your beam out at them or throwing the, right. the orb. I, I had a hard time remembering to switch back to other characters. So I would just be whichever one it defaulted me to and I would just run like hell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, that definitely improved for me over time. Mm -hmm. And this is part of the it's challenge. Yeah, I mean, so part of the challenge of learning what is a fascinating, I think, and really powerful mechanical system um, with a lot of variation in it because each of the characters sort of... The problem for me was, again, this sort of genre mashup of it because I've I've invested the kind of time that's required to do this well in games like Injustice where it's like just you fighting. And it's like, okay, I right. want to learn all of Catwoman's moves because she rocks and I want to know every like 15 button combination that she can do. And I've actually sat and practiced. This game for me because of the the kind of two genres that it was bringing together for me it didn't feel like a game that 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 at least my brain wanted to do that 
-hmm. Like, because I was just like, well, I just want to go back and hear some more of the story and I want to kind of see where they're going. And, and so for me, the rights were like, they were just a little stop on the way to the next. And I know we talked a little bit about that already, but, but so that's the kind of challenge of it. Like if all it were was the practice mode, I think I would have spent more time trying to sort out more strategies and more. But once I was like, okay, two fast guys, they both can, if I hold shift, they both can sprint and I'll just put this big thing in the way. And then, and that was satisfactory for winning everything. Like I want everything up to where I got without reloading. <laughs> so that's so interesting to me because I feel like the way that it was framed in the story, the rights felt so important. Yeah, no, I know. They felt like you had to win because yeah. their lives were at stake, yeah. right? And so I felt like they did such a, like, even though you're right, it was very drastic, different gameplay. I felt like they were so important that I had to No, that's do fair. It. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but that being said, on my first playthrough, and this is going to be a little bit of an anecdote, but it one this is one of the reasons why I wanted you guys to get to the end because of what happened to me in my first playthrough. I played the whole game without reloading because it does such a brilliant job of making your losses part of the story yeah. rather than saying you lose, try again, mm-hmm. right? Like and I love that yeah. about it, and it's one of the reasons I picked this game. Yeah. I already said that. Yeah. Um. So I played the whole game without reloading. Um, eventually, through th- you guys are probably going to have no idea who this is. There's this character named Orlek. And he, uh, did you guys ever meet uh, Sandalwood? Yeah. You met Sandalwood? Yes. Uh, he's the sort of guy who's been like feeding you information or yeah. whatever. He eventually joins you and he eventually joins your team and everything. Yes. Um, he used to be on your team way back like 16 years ago or whatever. And there was this incident that happened that a guy on the team got picked for liberation Somebody else on the team pushed him out off a mountain out of the way wow. to take his place. And then they that person got like incinerated because that's not how the rights work. And that other guy was never seen again. And he comes back. This that's Orlek. Oh. Okay. He comes back and he thinks the rights are a joke and he wants to end them. That's why the rights stop happening. He purposely goes out yeah. of his way to make the the scribes, which are sort of like these weird god people. In the, in the universe. He makes them angry. They start turning off the rights. Yeah. The very final right in the game is against him and his team. Uh-huh. Okay. And it's really, really, really difficult. He in particular is like difficulty level like three times higher than any other character. In the game. Why? It's the true Nightwing. Though. They're called the true Nightwings. Uh, and, yeah. I um, see. And so I got to this point. My heartbeat was like way higher than was probably healthy. I felt like I had to win this one. I can't I, because you know it's the last one. Yeah. I play. He destroys me, and I instantly reload. The first time ever, I didn't hesitate. I just closed the game, reloaded, started again. I immediately felt miserable about having done that because, like, that's not the way the right went. Yeah. You know, he won it like fair and square. I played it again. And I beat him the second time. But you get the option to either free the person you nominated, free yourself, or free Orlick <laughs> at the end. So who'd you pick? So me and my guild-ridden self, I freed Orlick at the of end. Of course you did. And just that moment of, like, it's a very meta moment of yeah. me having, well, of all the mechanics of the game meshed together in such a way that mm-hmm. it felt so high stakes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I felt like I needed to reload it the narrative reasons for Orlick being there, like all mm-hmm. these things added together in such like this beautiful moment of, to me, you know, me 
I immediately told Tanner, I was like, Tanner, you know I'm a good person, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I just, and I freed him, and it was just like, this, and of course he like, you know, he's like a surgeon, and he goes on to like save 80 uh, people's lives during like the revolution. Or oh, wow. Um, nice. And so that was actually just, it was sort of selfish. I just wanted to see what happened at the end. Uh, yeah. But that, all that is to say that this game really handles the stress of, the importance of these like key narrative moments mm -hmm. and how it handles like winning and losing in really really interesting in ways uh, that I've never seen before. I love so that's the, what I love about this game. I love the that. idea of that, but actually playing through that was so difficult and stressful to me that I I, I love that those two come together that way. I do feel like sometimes stress is a good thing when it adds to the experience. I yeah. feel like if it's too much, like. Because yeah. I did have some rage quit moments in my true nightmare playthrough, uh, um, so mean, that's really interesting. Yeah. How like sort of your skill? Because I because I, I did say that you can play through it and lose every time, but that's really not fun, and I recognize that to yeah. lose every time. Um, so I was curious about like what your experience. I was winning. Was. It's just that when I when I finished a, a right and after I had won, my shoulders were tense and my hands were twitchy, and I was like. I needed a I needed a break. I needed to get away from the game to to mm -hmm. just decompress just a little bit. And when that happened, that stress of that took me out of the narrative so much mm -hmm. that I was like, okay, I don't want to I don't want to hear them. I don't want to talk to them anymore. I want to I need a I need a break. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. I went off to my little banished world and I raised some sheep and I did the slow boring thing. I think that's interesting though because this is sort of diving into I guess our backgrounds a little bit yes. like. Um, you don't play a lot of competitive multiplayer games. Right? Exactly. And like I don't either. Uh and so Olivia, you do. You you play like Overwatch, like ten games of Overwatch almost every night. And not every night. I every know, other night. <laughs> but like sometimes say, it's fifteen. Five a night on average. Right. Yeah. But you'll come out of one of those matches and you'll instantly be like, I'm ready for another. Like even when it was like a high stakes game, like several times in a row. Yeah. And I'm more like Brad. And like there were several times in the game I, I beat it and I only lost like one match, but where I was just like angry at the end because yeah. like they, they got like one or two things that felt sort of cheesy against me and I was just like, ah, yeah. you know, so the AI, The like top level AI is so good that it feels like they're cheating. I'm already intimidated. Like, <laughs> I was nowhere near that and I'm already intimidated. Well, and that's, uh, that's the thing. Like, so I experienced that really just in, in my orb challenges mm -hmm. because. The orb challenges were considerably more difficult, not only because it's just one player against one three, but or sometimes so actually weirdly sometimes it was two. But that was when you had they were just because they were winning a lot on there, <laughs> getting people banished. But, um, but it it is like it's a whole new level of of hard, right? Because, like, I would just make a small mistake, and then they would just be like zip 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 yep. score, and I'm like, oh, okay, and and that's a little that can be demoralizing, right? I mean, yeah. it's the sort of classic you know, flow state problem, right? The six cents me high, you know, if you're if you're in that sort of tension zone, you're you're just gonna quit repeatedly because it's it's too difficult. But um and I mostly didn't experience that. What I what I experienced more was just that I never felt a point where they were seamlessly connected in the way that you're describing. So where I where I carried my investment in the characters into the right. So for me they never synchronized in that way. I felt like I'm loving this story and I'm totally into it. Now I got to do this thing. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> okay, now I'm back to the. So it, oh, wow. it, it never seen. I you, never. You and Robbie had like the app. Yeah, no, I know. I, I was like, I was, who would have thought? I, I, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> sort of. The, like, the whole, yeah, that happens all the time. But uh, I, I ended up choosing uh, for my team the three characters that I just liked the most, mm-hmm. and that was part of the challenge for me. Was like, okay, now I have to figure out how to make these guys work together. Um, because I could tell, like, probably a better strategy would have would be to have them more spread out. But I basically chose the three fast characters, mm-hmm. um, or at least the fastest ones available to me at the time. So I didn't need to figure out how to do that, and that's why I kept playing practice mode so much because I didn't because the matches were so few and far between. And at I, first, I, right, <laughs> but because the matches were so few and far between for where I was at first, right. Um, <laughs> And I had no way to know that it was never not going to be that way. I had to. <laughs> I mean, because you didn't I mean, play very totally long, right? Because uh, is but, what I've been understanding. But also about all of us, right? So because because of all that, like, and those those matches mattered, and the characters yeah. mattered. I don't want to go into another match, and it, like the first two matches that I played, I felt like okay, I, I won, great. And then the next match that I played was very hard. Um, but I won, but I didn't feel like I won because of skill. I felt like I won because the AI literally made dumb mistakes, and I could tell that's not going to last very long. Mm-hmm. So if, if that if if I won this match because the AI made a wrong choice, then on purpose, then I'm not at a skill level where I where I should be. So that's why I switched to just playing the practice mode so often because I felt like I needed to get good. In order to play the game and not be, or yeah, and not, I guess not be stressed out. Like not that not that I don't want to be stressed out, but if I'm gonna be stressed out, I want it to be, oh, you lost, and then the opposing team admonishes you, and then um, the game does its thing and saying, oh, losing isn't so bad, and then immediately you're back into the next match. If it was like that, then I then I would have continued with the game, but because sometimes there was twenty minutes in between, that's that's not enough. Like that's not a way for me to. Like, uh, test out new strategies. Like, I can't think like, oh, I, I did this wrong and I should have done this. That's okay. Lo- losing isn't so bad in this game, so I'll just jump in and do the next one. Instead, I have to listen to someone have some sort of problem and I have to talk to them. <laughs> not, not to say that that's not good, but it's, you know, I care about these characters and I want to hear about them. But to me, like, if I were a manager, I would have said, great, I'm glad you have problems. Right now, we need to get good at this game <laughs> because our freedom's at stake. So shut up. Everybody, everybody back in the home. training room. Right, exactly. So that, that's, that's the yeah. mode that I was in. Like, our, like we're not good yeah. at this game, guys. We got to get better. Yeah. And see, that's, that's interesting because right. uh, I'd say the one thing you could maybe fault the game for is, is pacing in some ways because the first section of the game is, I mean, depending on your perspective, either deceptively long or deceptively short, like implying how long the game's going to be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the other thing is that I, I experienced sort of a similar thing in that there was a little stage in that first part of the game where I would play a match and I would like barely win and I felt like uh, my characters just couldn't do what the other characters could and like things were, it felt cheesy. Like they were beating me not out of like a lack of my own skill, but that I was being limited. Um, but as the characters level up, the way the skill trees are designed and the like, the augments you give them, mm-hmm. they get much better. I got to the yeah. point where I pretty much played with exclusively Faye because her like high level thing is she has yeah. infinite stamina, yeah. and I just pretty much just like ran, picked up the ball, like backflipped over everybody, and then dunked it. Yeah, uh, and that was just <laughs> the entire game for me. You were, you were the little skinny Michael Hawk Jam, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so like the the pacing for their skills there was yeah. odd because early on they feel underpowered compared well, to everybody else. And that's what it's interesting. Like, I there were some other weird pacing issues, and again, I only played a certain portion. <laughs> the, the like I was having trouble imagining both economically mm-hmm. how I would. So like it felt like I was never earning any money. Mm-hmm. And I know there are augments you can get that will cause you to earn money in matches. Um, but Later I didn't... in the game, you can scavenge for resources. Yeah, and so um, and so I would see things that were like, this is 200 schmeckles or whatever the, <laughs> the cut. And I was like, but I have two. Yeah. And so I, so I felt like I was having trouble imagining, again, partly because I couldn't go out, like if you compare it to like Skyrim or some other sort of open world thing, where I could just go out and make a bunch of gold happen. Um, I just couldn't see that. But I also, like, the way they kind of scaled the, the leveling was interesting. Like, so it's like, it's almost like a, a sign, not a sign. What's the word I'm looking for? Log. Logarithmic curve. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so you've got, like, one, two, three, and then the gaps are sort of, yes, <laughs> logarithmically increasing. Um, but that was interesting as well because I, I, and again, I'm sure the sort of level of increase goes up over time as well. But anyway. Um, what do you think about the inspiration mechanic? Did you think? mess with that at all or see how it works. So essentially characters that you didn't use uh, got right. bonuses next time you use them. <laughs> yes. I thought that was really nice, especially because your top three are the ones that you get to nominate. Yeah. That becomes very important to yeah. micromanage mm-hmm. later. Um I just I, thought that was a really no, interesting level yeah, no, mechanic. I didn't, I, never, I didn't follow it. I wish like Final Fantasy games had that. Yeah, <laughs> where like the characters yeah. that I were like halfway through the game, they're like, oh, by the way, you need to level all of these characters. Yeah, right. no, that's a good point. It's a nice balance between like having to level each one of them individually yeah. and them all just leveling at a flat rate, which yeah. is sort of boring sometimes. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. So if they get bonuses when you start using them, it helps them catch yeah. up. That is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I do want to take a quick second to say I really, really enjoyed this game. Like, I just didn't understand what the game was, yeah. I guess. So it, it's almost I like... I tried to tell you guys to trust me and just play no, no, no. it. No, no, no. I do trust... <laughs> okay. So, so, I'm just being... I'm just I know, being I know. I, I, no, I did good. trust you. I think it's we just... should make this a referendum on our relationship. I've never liked any of you. <laughs> I, I, I trusted you that it's a good game and, and play it, and I did play it, like, a lot. It's just that the... I thought I was playing it by just playing the practice mode. Like... To me, it just seemed like you you make choices and you get characters. And yeah, I'll probably get more characters later, but I don't care about them. Like I like Rookie, I like May, and I like um uh Hedwig. Hedwig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I keep wanting to say Hedwig. And and I just wanna have these three guys and I wanna play I wanna smash this whole game with just these three people. We're just gonna do that. Yeah. And so I need to get good with these three people. And I didn't think I was missing anything because there's nothing about the story right there that, or, or at the point that I was at, that clued me into it being bigger at all. Like, it's like, if if there had been a moment where, like in Harry Potter, where the, <laughs> the, the glass disappears and then he talks to the snake and his, you know, his brother's trapped. If there was a moment like that, I was like, oh, wait, there's a whole lot more going on here than I think. That happened in the second book. <laughs> no, it, no, it didn't. No, it, it definitely happened in the first book. Yeah, but right. we, we talk about it. Later. Well, so contrast what you were saying a minute ago. Yeah. About Wait, there's um, a second book. About liking the, the 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 rights, the game of the rights. Yeah. So much, and not caring so much for the 
that, that you, I think you said a minute ago that you felt like, uh, can we re rewind the tape? No. Um, <laughs> you said that you, um, uh, lost it. You, you, you felt like you could just play that game over that the, the games over and over and over again and, and concentrate on that and wish that you could jump from f over, skip over all the narrative. Contrast that with uh, Nantucket. So there were, the, the narrative of Nantucket and what you're going through on, the, on, on all of that and the building your characters on your ship and building up your skills on your ship and your, your crew rooms and all that on your ship is one little mechanical part of the game that's over here. And then fighting the whales with the card battle thing. Do, do, you, do you see where, where I'm going? I, I see where you're I'm saying. I'm not sure if I see where I'm going. So I, I guess somehow, somehow those things just felt tighter... They, they felt more held together. In Nantucket? In Nantucket. And in Empire, they do sort of feel, it does feel like it's two separate modes. Yeah. Well, and part of it, I think, is it's an, I think it's an unbelievably ambitious game. And I, I actually, oh, yeah. I mean, that's what made it so pleasing to me to experience, even the, the portion that I did. Um, I I mean, in terms of art style, in terms of the way it's it's using narrative, in terms attention of creating to attention to detail, in terms of creating an entirely new world. I mean, so, and I think that that ambition is maybe where it where it, it lost me is that essentially I was willing to go along with an entirely new fantasy world in which I was going to throw myself. I was also, I think, separately willing to go along with an entirely new set of mechanics that I've never seen before. But it was, I think, too much, a little too much for me to do both in one game. I think that's probably the best way I can describe the challenge I felt in, in syncing those two things together. And so my brain just happened to fall on the narrative side. And I was like, I'm just going to love this narrative for what it is. And I'm going to find the minimum efficient way I can get through these, these rights. Um, and that, that just happened to be my way, I think, of managing the level of of newness of all of the things that I was, I was experiencing again, which are, are beautiful and interesting, but we're, we're just a little too much for me. Um, if that makes sense. It totally does. And I, and it's interesting because I, I felt like I couldn't separate the two mm. just based on mm. the way they framed it in the world, the way it was presented, the fact that they give you so much narrative context for each and every, especially for the first third of the game, yeah. each right has all these unique characters that have these yeah. unique relationships yeah. with each other. I just I couldn't separate them, so I I was I actually was gonna applaud it for the same reason that you seem to have issues with like keeping <laughs> up with it. Well, so. no, no. I mean, and I agree. Like, I think it's I think if I were if I were willing to spend a lot more time with it, mm -hmm. and 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 again, this is the problem for me. Like, if I compare it to a game that's just sports, right? Like playing FIFA soccer, or again playing Injustice. Um, if I were willing to invest in the in the rights experience what it deserves, I think I would I could find all the nuances. But I part of what I think overwhelmed me was that every few minutes I was being introduced to an entirely new set of mechanics. Like, mm -hmm. oh, here's Sir Gilbert. He does these all these nine new things. And I'm just like, oh my God, I just figured out how this thing works. I don't even want to deal with, you know, and so then that that became for me a question of managing my my level of overwhelmedness. I, I felt that way when you first got Faye and she had to, she put the ray, the, the raiments on and had to fight the wolves that were coming in. I was like, wait, this is not the house. That, was weird. that yeah. was what really am I doing? Weird. That yeah. never happens. And again, it's yeah, the one off. And, and yeah, so I felt really 
confused like what you were saying about where what was important what was i what did i need to be paying attention oh, to and concentrating that never happens again never oh wow so that that was one of the things <laughs> where i realized oh i need to get better because like they they kept they came in in a few waves yeah. And then the last few waves, like, it's a killer. lot. Yeah. yeah. Super fast. And, and in my head, I thought, that was just the first time. Yeah. Well, like, I, if I if this happens again, it's probably all going to be, like, that last wave. Yeah. I say it never happens again. Oh. They, each character, whenever they bring a new character and they give you, like, a little tutorial segment where you can figure out how they work, yeah. I think that was supposed to be hers. Oh, that's hers. It seems, yeah. it seems like they started off with, like, unique encounters. Yeah, yeah. like, hers was unique. Sir Gilman's was really yeah. unique. Yeah, After and I keep calling him Gilbert. The, <laughs> the double like Gilbert. thing... <laughs> Um, yeah, you yeah, because like, you go down the river with Gil with Gilman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You do like, and you have to blow up the little bubbles, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, get, that's right. And then you get ambushed by like that's his right, crew, like yeah. dicks, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I guess I, I didn't realize that. But yeah, you're you're right. And then with with Tizo when you first get him, yeah. But you're but see, you're like he, in a match practice, yeah. And that's why Tizo yeah, just like, yeah. get it. Yeah, Tizo okay, was just yeah. like, hey, here's your board, play around. And then they give you like little little accomplishments where it's like. Do three of these yeah. things, and then yeah, so, that almost seems so, like a scale thing. But like, okay, really quickly, from like a sort of game design perspective, isn't it normally a good thing to give players something new to learn once they've mastered one thing? Oh no, yeah, it totally. Right? Is. Like, no, no, it yeah. is. Yeah. I do feel like it maybe it did it too fast, but that, they had so much ground already to cover in the first third of the game. Yeah, but because I, I feel like it introduced new game mechanics and new narrative mechanics yeah. constantly. Because you guys oh, didn't even get to the point where. He gives you a planner that shows you all the stats of all the teams, and you get to pick which teams you play against and wow. in what order and who you fight against. In See, the- and, and that was a problem for me because there was so much change uh, so quickly over even just the very, very beginning of the, the, the game after the first uh, four or five, up to the first four or five rights, that I just, I would go to the, on my way into the next right, I still felt like I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And even with having that practice of the other ones and being so stressed out afterwards, I, I yeah, I just I felt a little bit lost every time I would go to a new a, a new right. Yeah. So and I oh. believe me, I'm I'm totally with you that I, I think in terms of the general structure of it, you're absolutely dead on. I just I just Again, I, I think it's just the, an entirely new world to absorb and an entirely new constantly evolving set mm-hmm. of mechanics to absorb. And and again, I think maybe that's why I detached. Like, if we're gonna, we'll do a little psychoanalysis. I think I might have detached. <laughs> Tell me somewhat. how you really feel. <laughs> when I was very small, no, um, I think I might have detached from the right somewhat because the stakes, because it was overwhelming and the stakes were high. I was like, well, I'm just gonna treat these as like something I don't really care that much about. I think my brain, oh, that might have wow. been my brain's way of managing them was to just be like, they're just, just a thing I have to get done. Them. Yeah, and just be like, I'm not going to put high stakes on these because I know I'm ha- I'm struggling with, with success. <laughs> Whereas I had to shut everything down and say, nope, this is an obstacle. Yes. We're going to figure out how to beat it yeah. 100%. Yeah. But I, I mean, I constantly, in the mechanics of the rights, I constantly had the problem of, like, my brain had gone, this mean like, my brain, all it could manage was shift means sprint. Yeah. And so, like, I would get characters who shifted something else, and I'm like, why are you sprinting? Yeah. Like, start sprinting. And yeah, they'd yeah. be, like, doing these, like, electric slides. And like, <laughs> You're supposed to be sprinting toward the goal. And so I, I think it was partly that kind of experience where I think I could only manage... Again, unless I had practiced a ton, mm-hmm. I could only manage that level of, like, 
shift means sprint, W means jump, you know? And so I was kind of whatever character I was in control of at that moment, I was like, I hope this does yeah. the thing I'm, I'm expecting. So anyway. So yeah. I, I think we're, we're uh, I guess essentially like nitpicking on a lot of these things, but I think the game does a lot of really unique, really, really cool things. Yeah. And I think it's a very uh, good game. And I think like if they made Pyre 2, it, 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 it would be amazing. Mm -hmm. And I think what, what's here is amazing. Um, it's just I had no idea what they were going for, I guess. And I, I think that what they've, you know what I mean? what they, what they've done is brilliant. And all of the things that, all of the negatives that I'm giving, I totally concede are my own personal negatives. It's just that that kind of game, well, Robbie and I were talking about it before you guys got here, just briefly, that the, the rights part of it felt kind of like Dota. Kind of like a, a that that kind of game, and I'm terrible at that. That's that's like one of my least favorite kinds mm. of games. So when I when I got in here, that's where that all that stress was coming from, and it did. It, to me, it felt like, oh my god, this is another one of those games where I've got to manage things that are moving way too fast, and I have to remember what all the different hotkeys do to change like the player and change the, the shift is making me run faster, and this is how you throw it. I could never remember how to throw the. Do, do the yeah. do the long arc thing where you can throw it in a forward. I almost I, I almost never did that the whole time I played the game. Yeah. It would have been yeah. really useful if I could have figured out how to do that and then switch to the other player because yeah. basically doing like forward lateral passes right. in a, in a real ball game. It was so shaming though when the AI would do it. Yeah. Like they would, all three of my people would be banished and the AI would move right up next to the fire and, then, like, and do taunt. like a maximize yeah. like I'm gonna get fifty <laughs> points by just hauling back yeah. on my yeah, throw yeah. mechanism. I'm like. Although, really? Well, and the I second say, timer is just like ticking. I'm just like, come on, well, just put I, it in there. The gameplay benefit of doing that is you don't get you banished. don't get banished. I know, right. but yeah. at the same time, I was like, like they, they just like would walk right up next to it and be like, uh. <laughs> but I have to say that <laughs> like, it was I really so ashamed of myself. It was really satisfying when nothing. you were able, to, like when I got a goal, when I when I got the orb in the hole yeah. or whatever, um, that sort of. Jump and slow mo, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Michael yeah. Jordan slam kind of thing was pretty darn cool, and yeah. how it all just goes up in flames yeah. and you dissolve. Uh, that was very satisfying. <laughs> you should do the final dunk on the last liberation ride oh, on True Nightwing. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, feel in, true in my happiness. second life, I, I think will. I fell out of my chair. Uh, <laughs> so I would love to watch you do that when when you encounter like a new uh, fighting game, and to some extent you're sort of just button mashing. And then when you start to learn a character and, and you realize that you finished a full match and every move was deliberate, yeah, that's a really good feeling. There it is, yeah. And there was uh, several moments playing this game where I felt that. And I that's, again, probably why I ended up practicing so much because I, I like that feeling. And this game is capable of doing that in like a totally new format. It's They essentially invented a sport. Yep. Which is awesome. Yeah. And it works. Yep. It's just that the... The control scheme didn't quite work for me. And like, if I almost wish that I had played it on a console first, because I suspect that playing it on a gamepad for me would have been way better. Or if the default was using the WASD, right? Yeah. Right. I actually did yeah. play it with uh, an Xbox One controller yeah. against me. Yeah, oh. it, just for a moment. Until uh -huh. um, <laughs> she crushed you. Yeah. In some ways, it was easier. The thing yeah. that I had the most trouble with was aiming the sort of like aura attacks. The aura oh. Yeah. yeah. Like, so like okay. the movement was better, right. but just being able to click and just sort of point with your mouse was yeah. so much easier. Isn't there auto aiming or something you can turn on though? There is. Maybe. I never tried it. What? Yeah. Yeah. 
That would have helped. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. when when you're doing the aura, is it like a twin stick thing? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. So you move I, with like one, right and you that. like hold the trigger and aim yeah. with the right one. Yeah. Uh, I feel like if you got used to it, though, like if you could just flick it. In the oh, direction, totally. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be yeah. cool. Yep. The, uh, uh, I mean, the, I would say the other point of shame for me was the the several times that I went to jump into the pyre and missed. And then got banished. And then you jump right into there. Like, like, they're yeah. like, oh, we're back. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I it's just, so I ran well, right toward it. I ran yeah. right past it. Anytime that I tried to turn around. Right into their aura. Like, oh, crap. So yeah. I did that with Tizo a lot. Yeah. Because if you, if you get him a high level, his like zip, his like little jumps go so really fast, far, yeah, Mario. and I would just go like over and over and over and over and over. I know, and it's so frustrating because yeah. then by then they're reappearing in front and they mm-hmm. just crush you with their little dissolvers. Yeah, but yeah. Whenever I would jump and land just short of their yeah. pyre, it was a failure, but it it felt like a good failure. Like I like clearly I I can I can gauge these things. I'm just off just a little yeah. bit, and I want to get back. like. They did a really good because especially because Headwind really plants this thing. Yeah, right. Stops. Yeah, it, they could have invented a sport and all these mechanics, and it could have gone terribly. There's even if even if you just wrote out these mechanics and handled it handed it to another developer, if it wasn't as fluid as it was, I wouldn't have wanted to play. Yeah. So even though the controls were were off for me, there's clearly a lot they did right. Yeah. yeah. Plus, yeah. it's just so beautiful. Yeah. I mean, so we've talked a lot about the art style in the main in the sort of visual novel part of the game and the and the kind of navigation and kind of map based part but the 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 beauty of the playing field itself is so and the variety of the playing fields right like the can you start like my favorite were the ones where you could actually move the little islands Mm -hmm. so you bump into them and you can rearrange Mm -hmm. them in the field of play and you're just like oh man and i didn't even notice it at first until i bumped into one i'm like that just moved. Yeah. And like then I'm the, like, I'm going to push some stuff. The sound design is great, too, because, yeah. yeah, there's a different song for each, like, uh, arena. And then there's a different lyrics. Each character has a theme, and yeah. they change the lyrics of songs based on things that happened in the game. Wow. Yeah. So, so like, specifically with the Liberation Rights. Yeah. 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 They but, sing about who's playing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, that's brilliant. beautiful. And the lute player also has a song. That, remember? He the minstrel. Yeah. Yeah. I did remember something that I wanted to make sure I say in the podcast. When when people say, or early on, when people first said the term esports, I thought of this. I thought of something like Pyre. Pyre didn't exist yet. Yeah. I definitely, part of what made me rebel against the concept of MOBAs and esports is that's not what I think of when someone says esports. That's not the, yeah. well, that's not what I feel at all. Like Dota doesn't feel like a sport. It feels like a chore. And higher feels yeah like a sport yeah. like it feels really great and i i'm this is what i want out of like fantasy sports is something like higher that's yeah. awesome yeah yeah it's funny in a weird way i don't know if guy if you guys ever play this but about seven or eight years maybe even 10 years ago somebody made an avatar game like a pretty badly made avatar oh, game yeah i remember seeing yeah which it was not a great game and, and pyre is a way better game but it's essentially this melding of because you can play in the um, the bending. It's not. I'm sorry. It's not Avatar. It's Korra. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can play on a bending team. The fi- oh, okay. You can be in the like oh, one yeah. of the fire ferrets. Uh-huh. And so this game reminded me of that because it's got all this sort of narrative oh, yeah. structure that leads you through. But then periodically you're just in these bending matches. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're like, and depending on your element, right? If you're water or fire or air or whatever, 
you have different moves and different skills and different button sequences and and those are all in the context of this arena where you're where you're essentially fighting for anyway it it this i think this did a much better job of create of creating interesting mechanics yeah. in the arena um so yeah i just i think i think in some ways i'd rather have just just the arena or just the it's just still my mm-hmm. my brain's way of managing it but so i think i think one thing that's sort of topical is is how this is in a lot of ways uh of what's the term why did it leave my brain right as i needed it because uh, you're in a podcast that, yeah. that's how it happens. right right um a, a heavily narrative game right like yeah. you're typically in this thing you would have something more like telltale yeah um and you know telltale just <laughs> let's just not go there well no no i think it's interesting right so they they just closed um and that's really unfortunate because i mean they are sort of uh in a lot of ways, popularized that genre of game. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is almost that kind of game. And a lot of the criticism um, that I've seen uh, of some really unfortunate comments saying like, oh, well, of course they closed. They didn't innovate in their games in mm-hmm. a decade. Uh, it's, it's interesting, though, because this is that genre, but with several things swapped around to the point where it doesn't even feel like it in a lot of ways, because you don't ever have like, with a few exceptions, there's no like pick this choice. Yeah. You know, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Roki will remember that. Yeah. Um, that's not so much a thing Did you on shave the surface. His mustache? <laughs> Did, <not. laughs> Did anybody tell say you didn't like his mustache? I said I loved his mustache. Right. I did if you too. say you don't, he shaves it off. For the rest. So there are, those, there are those tiny aspects, yeah, right? Yeah. But it's how or you like, can make people lose hope, right? There are those. Yeah. 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 But like overall, it's how the the pyre matches feed into the narrative, those and yeah. like they write decisions. the yep. tone of the story after that. <laughs> Based on that, they right? Were right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, and like how many of your decisions boil down to just the end of it, and it's just like who's going to be free? Like, yeah. And then you actually have to follow up on that. Like you have to succeed for your decision to mm-hmm. follow through. Yeah. Um, so I think it's interesting how they try to combine so many things yeah. and rework this yeah, narrative yeah. genre and uh, sort of in light of that. And it, yeah, and in spite of all that ambition, I actually found that there were some really traditional emotional tags for me. Like, mm-hmm. like the, you're absolutely right. Like the moment when I had to pick, I, I actually was so grateful that the first time I had to choose who would be in the fight, that they were very deliberate about saying, oh, because I, I left Jodariel out of the first fight. And I was like, oh man, she's going to be mad later. And, and then they were really deliberate about being like, oh, she seems okay with it. She's and I was like, been there for six years. I know. But I was so grateful that they weren't like she's like now like pouting in her room. Yeah. Right? Because then I would have felt like more weight the next time. Like, oh yeah. God, I don't want to. You do um, find out more about the characters the longer you leave them in the downside. Yeah. Like you find out that Ruki, he left like his sickly mom up there. And yeah. that's why he wants to get back to take care of his mom. Yeah. And Hedwin has like his like star-crossed lover that he must reunite with. And so. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was just, I was. I was fully emotionally invested in those moments. Mm-hmm. And it was like for me, I, I picked Faye a lot too because I was just, I just thought she was cute. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> she's I was like, amazing. I want her to hang her out with me. So maybe it's extremely she, tragic too. Oh. I don't know if you got to where she talked about how she ended up down there. She, she talked some, but she also was it's still having memory problems. It's just because she was weird. Essentially, she's not right. all yeah. right up there. And, and so they, they were just like, knocked her out. That's right. Yeah. They said she was the moon touched girl. Yeah. So they, that's right. It's, so Who sad. among us hasn't been moon touched? Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I mean, it's a game I absolutely would recommend despite yeah. despite yeah. the challenges that I... Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not just as a designer to have people invest themselves in, in what it's doing, but also just because it's a beautiful game. Yeah. And it, I it, admire that very, very much. It's beautiful and innovative and ambitious, and all of those things are worth knowing about. I, um, I really want them to make a sequel. Like... Or, or which they probably won't if they, they follow their track record, but yeah, probably which not. is they'll make something entirely Absolutely. new. Or be like, that's the cool thing about super giant games. Yeah, I think is every single yeah, one of their games yeah. is they aesthetically similar, but totally yeah, definitely. Games. Or or at least if if someone else would attempt to make a, a fantasy sport yeah. game like this, that's really re- legitimately yeah. a completely new sport with mm-hmm. new mechanics. Yeah. It's very very cool. But yeah, just I mean, probably a lot of listeners will know this, but Bastion, which is was one of my favorite from the sort of early days of Steam. I think it might literally be the first game I ever bought on Steam. It's pretty close to the first, and it, it yeah, the first time that narrator came on, oh. <laughs> and he's like the, whole the boy just rages for a while. I mean, like he has this great line like yeah. in the after the first fight. Why are you two? Why? Do yeah. And I was like, this is like nothing I've ever experienced. And then Transistor, and then and now this. I'll say the voice in uh, in Pyre is way less, like, I, no, way I less, know. Because he hates you <laughs> yeah. so much. It's oh like the, the evil game, doctor. Yeah, he's just like, see you later, losers. Yeah. What was that one like, line near the end of the game? Like, Oh, okay. So you... one, of the, one of the first things in the, because did you, did you read any of the book? I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I read the whole thing front to back. Um, there's like a line in there about how you must listen to the voice, like obey the voice that tells you more. And he says it over and over yeah. again to just try and make you feel bad about supporting the revolution to take uh-huh. down the Commonwealth and all. Because the whole he eventually finds out and stuff. yeah. Anyway, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, he, he's so rude. No, his narration was much <laughs> less enjoyable than than the one from from Bastion. No question, but. So I also, I think it's it's worth bringing up, and we can sort of briefly summarize it, uh, but sort of the overall narrative behind, like, this entire world, right? So you have this dystopian society that's the Commonwealth. So yeah. It's like a fascist society. Yeah, fascist, like... Reading illiteracy is fantasy down. Yeah. Yep. Um, Difference is, is yeah. Yeah, Sandalwood Destroyed. got sent down there because he owned a printing press. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. And you can be cast down into this... Essentially, how I conceptualize is this massive pit that, in like a pre-industrial society, yeah. is impossible to escape. You yeah. essentially fall down a three-mile water- waterfall yeah. or something, uh, and you get tossed down there for like whatever reason. Yeah, you can sort of you can sort of change how you can change your characters' like pronouns and a few things about them. I don't know mm-hmm. if they really affect yeah. much. Uh, and then after the liberation, right uh, later in the game, you find out that like the people who escape are traditionally offered to become, like, the aristocracy. Yeah. Like, it's essentially, like, a religious awakening yeah. because you've been chosen by the scribes. Yeah. And so, like, the guy berating you is, like, the from the team before you with Sandalwood and Orlac. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he went up there and he essentially became, like, right. president I think they, or I think they call him, like, the, arch, the great right. arch... It's like Arch Magister, Arch Omegas right. the Ninth, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And President so there's Snow. this idea that you like reform the people who yeah. are totally cast out of society right. into the leaders of that society, and they become complicit in the yeah. cycle of doing this to everybody else. And uh, it's, it's an interesting narrative, like this whole dismantling of like, of like. Yeah. Well, there's, the a, there's a fascinating philosophical element, right? When they yeah. ask, the, they're like, what do you think freedom is? 
that was one probably one of my favorite narrative moments when they're like, "What do you think freedom is?" And I'm just like, uh-huh. "I don't know." Inner peace. <laughs> and then the guy's like, "Nope, this is what freedom yeah. is." And I'm like, "But mine's good too." So there's some really great moments of when you're choosing who you should liberate. Some people aren't going to be as happy up yeah. there as they are down in the mm-hmm. downside. Like yeah. uh, Faye is one of she them. She doesn't want to go back. Yeah. She, she. It's not that she doesn't want to. She's just like, I don't have any. Fr- I have friends yeah. here, yep. and it's just this this beautiful like dynamic of mm-hmm. what freedom is and what it means to different people and Mm -hmm. so it's a really great story just on that merit alone yeah because it kind of it and i know we got to wrap this up but it it definitely um it subverts that kind of classic hero's tale right which is that there's this this really clear villain right and you're supposed to just you know and and it's a fascinating thing to say well what if we didn't liberate anybody like what if Mm -hmm. we just hung out down here it's really beautiful and you know there's a lot of cool people here and so yeah, I mean, so I, I thought that the way that they kind of got at that question was really, mm-hmm. you know. And, and even in the, the confrontational and the combative part of the, the competition of the rights, um, you're not killing them. You're, I mean, you're keeping them down there, but yeah. uh, it, it's not the kind of thing where you're conquering or going on and going past it in that hero's journey yeah. kind of thing. You're, they're still there. And, and one, of the, one of the groups that was even really nice to you and appreciated. I know. The and, son was. Yeah. The dad was like. No, the dad was nice. The son was Oh, like, it was reversed. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Fun fact. If uh, Faye and him end up in the same place, like if they're both up or both down, they end up Aww. forming a Aww. blossoming relationship. See? I just thought I'd share that lovely Thank I, you. I, I love that that's in there. And mm-hmm. I wish that I could have experienced it better um i know we have to wrap up but did anyone use the saluting mechanic yes for Faye only okay i was just curious if anybody used that at all no because um, there's a ability where it makes her instantly teleport to the ball what? yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 So. that sounds awesome i couldn't I, I i knew there were potentially high value things you could do with it That's but i just the... couldn't I didn't want to add that extra. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 like, been I don't think I could remember where the letter T is. The right. only time like, I could remember. Can I get a T? The only time I could remember is if I started as her and yeah, did it and the first like thing, yeah. and then I never touched it. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Really great choice. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry that I didn't make it to the end. Me too. I'm playing a little. Should we do right? final I know. thoughts? I can final feel thoughts. it. Yeah, yeah let's do some final thoughts. Who wants to start? Why don't you start, Robbie, and then we'll go around and, and okay. Olivia, you can end the final thoughts. Okay. I loved what I thought the game was. <laughs> I love everything that I'm hearing. Um, I just think it just had a few minor flaws that kept me from uh, even considering the wider picture. And I I think there, there's a lot of room to build upon this idea. It, it's, it's new ground, for sure. And I appreciate that they made what they made nice yeah i mean i i think it reached as high it reached for the stars which is i think Mm -hmm. what we want out of innovation right we want people who are willing to take big risks to push push design in new places and i feel like it totally did that for me and and uh and it's a it's gorgeous it's just so so beautiful to look at i would i would follow that animation anywhere i agree with both of you guys uh i think I agree with you, Robbie, but for kind of opposite reasons. Um, but 
Yeah, I, I more than anything, I appreciate and I'm glad that they made this game. I appreciate that they put all that they did into it, even though the mechanics of the rights weren't really much for me. Um, but I appreciate that they did it. I love the art. I love all of what you're saying, Olivia, about the story and how just big and, and, and wonderfully rich it is. Um, and I'm, I'm not sad that I spent my money on it. I'm, I'm glad that I did, and I will probably play around with it a little more. Yeah, so uh, one thing that was really surprising to me was actually how much I did like the game. Um, I play a ton of narrative-heavy games. I mean, we all do. That's been a, a huge part of what we've done so <laughs> far. Uh, but the the Pyre style, that was a multiplayer game. Um, it's the kind of thing that I wouldn't touch, I wouldn't really get into. Uh, but it was that same experience that, that actually melded together pretty well for me. Um, so it's not something I would have expected to like as much as I did. Uh, but I got sucked in and beat it in like three or four days. Like, and most of that was in long sittings. I played for mm. like four or five hours on a Saturday. Uh, and in a lot of ways, I think it was a like a game like made a for Olivia. <laughs> um, no, no, not at all. Uh, you were actually in a totally different room, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna go ahead and beat this uh, today." That's what he wants you to think. Uh, but I mean, I you should just get in there and play that game. Like, every so often, your head comes around the corner and then just goes away. Why did you pass that's the ball? Right. right. Be better. Be better than you are. <laughs> I just think it's fascinating how, in so many ways, I think it was. Uh, a game almost designed for you. You literally are stealing what I was about to say. <gasps> well, thought. take it away. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just be uh, better. <laughs> gosh, Tanner. So, like, I mean, I know this whole time I've been, like, super-duper defensive about this game. You guys have Not super-duper. Super-giant defensive. <laughs> um, because... I was really desperate to play this game because after learning what it was, I knew it was made just for me because mm. it is a narrative game and it is a sports game. And you wouldn't think that about me, but throughout my entire life of playing video games, I've had a thing for fictional sports in games. <laughs> not real sports. I do not care about Madden. I do not care about FIFA. It's boring. I don't care. Uh, give me Blitzball in Final Fantasy X. Give me Mario Tennis. Give me Blood Bowl. Uh, I there's something about it that it just speaks to me, and I cannot fathom why. So the fact that it combines two things that I love and is this beautiful aesthetic, it makes it so hard for me to find anything to not like about the game. <laughs> how would how how would you feel about a um, uh, skateboarding? <laughs> no, Rocket League, but the cars in it are the cars from the movie Cars that talk, and they all have you're, backstories. You are really speaking my language, Brad. Um, but so, yeah, I really, I feel like this game did lots of brilliant things on a lot of different levels. I also sort of testing the waters on trying out different kinds of games to play for this podcast, because we've, yeah. we've really focused a lot on really narrative-heavy games, and I wanted to sort of introduce something that was a half that, half something else. Yeah. Uh, so I felt like it was a really good choice. Um so obviously I love this game and recommend it to anybody because I played through it twice and I only have two more achievements. I'm gonna 100% complete it tonight probably. Nice. Um, so. Nice. Yeah. I admire you That's for that. <laughs> I really do. Uh, so, so I guess that it. Robbie, do you want to lead us off with our choice for next month? Yes. So join us next month where we will be playing a game called Hover by Midgar Studios. And if you are a fan of Jet Set Radio, uh, then you are in for a treat. <laughs> awesome. <laughs>
Um, so thanks everybody for joining us. Uh, if you did play along with us throughout this month, if you played Pyre, uh, go to our website and down in the comments, uh, type in a little bit and tell us what you thought about it or join us on Facebook and uh, give us some comments there. I have to say that our music is by Kevin McLeod. It's a little song called Plain Loafer that's probably going to be playing right about now underneath us. And uh, again, thanks you guys for joining and we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.